What's that old joke? Nobody hates Star Wars more than the Star Wars fan. Comic book communities are the worst. I mean, they're like they're right here. I don't know which one beats out which, but Star Wars kind of comes up it a little bit. The comic book people are fucking terrible. Dude, they are what, what I found, what I found about the difference, like, well, com comic book is a whole different thing. But when it comes to Star Wars, it's like this: most normal people who are Star Wars fans, and I am a Star Wars fan. Mm -hmm. Right. Here's, here's a true fact. I disliked the prequels. Now, you can take that statement with you. Sure. You can, you can accept that and be like, okay, cool. He does not like avocados. He does not like freaking, you know, wheat beer. And he doesn't like the Star Wars prequels. And just go with it. It's when they turn around and be like, but they're so awesome for all of these reasons, and if you don't like it, you suck. And then they like kind of almost force you in a position <laughs> of de defending your, yeah, your, your, yeah. uh, your position. And then you're like, oh, well, you're just a hater. It's like, well, dude, like, I saw the first prequel in the theater, and it was all not horrible. And I saw the second one, it was so bad I didn't see the third one. And you, like, that's a shitty movie to me. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Lord of the Rings either. Like, you want to fight? Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> when, when it comes to comic books, right. you can kind of fall into your niche and be like, well, you know, I, I, I kind of tend more towards DC. I'm not as big of a Marvel fan, but I love Jack Kirby, and I I'm really, really like Spider-Man. Most people are like, okay, whatever, whatever you collect, that's cool. It's just whenever you start getting into whether or not things should be graded or not graded or the movies and stuff like Dude, that. The, the dumbest argument you could anybody could ever use is, oh, you just don't understand it. <laughs> I don't need to have a fucking degree in cinema history to understand that Jar Jar Binks is an asshole. Right? That doesn't. I don't have that many special field of study. And no matter what, you're also allowed to your opinion. Sure. And you know, I'm actually, I was guilty of it today, and I need to apologize to Scott Cook. I don't know if you saw that, but I posted a thing with uh, P.B. Herman in Jurassic Park today, and he, he made a comment. They're funny. He made Those a comment saying that he'd have to pass on that, and I said, yeah, I'm just a Paul Rubens fan, what can I say? And then he commented back immediately, well, would you go to a theater with him? And then, not, a, not and, a porn theater. The guy's going to be busy. And, 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 and then I, I, went, I went too quick and I, I, I made this comment. I was like, dude, he was in an adult theater. Last time I checked, when people go to an adult theater, dude, that's more than off. likely what they're going to be doing. The floor's sticking out uh, because of the soda. And, 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 and like later, he was like, dude, I was just joking. I'm like, yeah, I, I know. But for some reason, it, it just goes back to I bought my kids, the my son, the box set of uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse when he was a kid. And I remember he loved it. We loved Pee Wee Herman, loved Big Adventure. I mean, it's just, it's just you see, Paul Rubens is so talented. And next thing I know, some kid that he's friends with that's like four years old shows up at the house. And Noah says, oh, let's watch Pee-wee's Playhouse. And this kid that's like 11 tells my son, isn't that the guy that's the pervert? That? And I'm like, yeah, I feel as though i got to defend Paul Rubens all the time now, man. Right. Well, you got to do, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean you're being called back to something like that that's that's inherently innocent. It's You're in a fucking porn theater. Let's have some context. It's like, what was it, George Michael trying to pick a dude up? In, in, in a park in Los Angeles, <laughs> that's what they did. He was he was scoring where he thought he was going to score a date. Well, it's I, a dude trying to get a blowjob. He gives a shit. I'm not going to just happen to be an undercover cop. And I'm not, I'm not going to judge somebody's kids as thing. long as they're not hurting anybody. That, that's that's the other thing too. It's like I never quite I, I I couldn't quite get is you'd have like 
you know, somebody somebody like Pee Wee Herman, like, you know, the, the times were different then. Like, now, like, if it were to happen today, you could very much make the statement, you know, porn's free on the internet, bro, stay home. Yeah. Like, dude, back know, then, get, if you get, even wanted to get near porn, the boxes looked like Betamax <laughs> yeah. players. Yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't be, you couldn't hide from couldn't that kind discreet, of thing. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like, whatever. But, you know, but, you know, at the same time, you'd have, like, like, say, George Michael. Okay, it's like, oh, he's gay. So what? He's cruising. He's a, a grown man. He's, look, he's looking for. He's looking for. Dude, uh, what's a handy? Looking for love. Yeah. Like, well, so what? Like, there are literally bars whose charter is for that very reason. Like, they're singles bars. And it's like, it's two adults. I mean, he was in England, though, wasn't he? No, no, it was in L.A. It was in L.A. Yeah, that's that's why it made all kinds of shit because it was in Los Angeles. But I, I have the same mindset when it comes to uh, with porn as I do with uh, with prostitution. I'm not going to hook up with any random person. I don't give a fuck if it's money or not money. Because I was scared as a, from a young age of STDs. They showed, when they showed me those pics of like oh, herpes yeah. and all that stuff. <laughs> dude. Dude. I could not be the one night stand guy. Because I was like, my dick's going to fall off. And well, I, I need other this people do that? Dude, if you, wanna, if you guys want to bang, bang. And I have no problem with two consenting adults. But it's that old thing. It's, you know, if, if a guy takes a chick out and... You know, he spends all this money and all this stuff, and they don't do anything. It's okay. It's a date. It's a date. But if he skips the pretense and the female mindset, like let's just give me that money, we can we can do this quick little action. I'm down for that, and then you can go home. That's crime. Dude, what's the difference? Right. I mean, one, you skip all the bullshit. Like if we want to be real adults and not play games, let's be real adults. Can you have power over yourself? Are you consenting? Then you should be allowed. Well, I think too. I mean, you get to, you know, this is a lot more serious for you know the Scary Dad podcast. But you get to most of society's ills, and you break it down into like the like not the symptom, but the actual right. root cause of it. And a lot of it is vice prohibition. So if you're like, okay, what's the what's the root of illegal immigration? You have somebody to be like racism. No, it's not racism. It's not. It's the fact that there's a line, and on this side of the line, the, the drugs that people want are illegal, and on that side of the line, the drugs that people want are manufactured. And so the, a military-industrial cop complex and prison system on this side inflating the prices on that side, then you, you know, you have got government treaties, so you've got the legit gut of governments under the thumb of the cartels, which is just organized crime. You don't have to use the word cartel. Like that that yeah. that denotes it is what it is. You can call it, you know, the Gambinos or the, you know, <laughs> the mafia. It is right. you know, they got And so then you've got all of the residents of northern Mexico that are pretty much if you want to work, you work for the cartels or you do the best you can to escape north. Like so you decriminalize drugs on the north side of the, of the river, you take all of the bite Take all, that power all of the away bad from guys in, yeah. the, in the south, you know, south of the river, everybody who wants to do drugs today is already doing them. And they just pay a whole lot less, and both sides of the border, the governments, the cartels would have to go legit, the Mexican government would get rich, the cartels would get rich, the, the, uh, the, the states would get rich. And the people who are already doing drugs would just keep doing them. And everybody who don't want to do drugs won't. Yeah. Like yeah. nothing changes it's, except for things yeah. are in general better. Yeah, I would say same thing with like prostitution and human trafficking. It's like, oh hey, you know, if you could just run down to the whore store and just like you can in, in Europe, 
Las Vegas. <laughs> you know, it's like you run on down to the Money Ranch and, you know, like hit your vending machine. Then. If that's, yeah, dude, I, <laughs> I got no issues. I've been in Vegas plenty of times. Never partook of that, that particular product. Wasn't for me. I'm a buffet guy. I like to go. <laughs> I go to Excalibur and I look at the wall of desserts, and that's my heart on right there. <laughs> but people have to be the moral police, which is an interesting segue to our topic today. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to episode. Oh, dude, we're a hundred episodes away from sixty-nine. Remember, sixty-nine was Florida Man. Yeah. We've probably got some some stuff. Yeah, to we talk got some about. new ones now. <laughs> yeah. We do Texas Man too, right? At right. This point. <laughs> uh, so we are at episode 169. It is February 3rd, 2021, and we are going back to our serious horror conversations. In this one, we're going to talk about the Salem Witch Trials. Oof. But first... First, the old business. All right. On this date, this, this, this date in horror history, so February 3rd, 1911, Robert Earl Jones was born. Where have you heard of him before? He's James Earl Jones' dad. Nice. He was in Maniac Cop 2 and Sleepaway Camp Part 2. <laughs> That's Aww. pretty awesome, dude. <laughs> That's pretty damn awesome. Uh-huh. All right. 1950, you were just talking about Pee-wee. She wasn't really much into horror. She wasn't in a whole lot of horror stuff, but she was in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Happy birthday to Morgan Fairchild. She played Dot. She played, yeah, yeah, she in, played in, the in the movie version. version yeah. Of yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who's the guy? Dern? No. No, that was. Um, um, what's his name from Amityville Horror? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, J- J- uh, Jason Brolin. Yeah, Josh Brolin. Yeah. 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 Guy is so good. Josh is the son. Son, yes. Yeah, it's James. James, James Brolin. Yeah. 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 All right, 1961. Keith Gordon. You know him from such classics as Christine. He played Arnie. Yes. Yeah, back, he was back to school also. Mm-hmm. And he was also, I think he's, yeah, he actually survived. He was one of the, but he was one of the kids in Jaws 2. Okay. Yeah, um, Jaws 2. Dude, Jaws 2 is awesome. <laughs> Jaws 2. Just driving him toward that giant electrical cord. <laughs> Hitting it with that paddle. Take a bite of this, you son of a bitch. Hey, was, and what's awesome, we did we did uh, two episodes. The first episode was on Jaws, and the second episode was on everything that came after Jaws. So Piranha and Jaws, all the Jaws sequels and Orca and all that. And we started talking about Jaws 2 and just how awesome it was. And I watched it again that same night and was just like, holy... Dude! Like, the first one is Rogue Shark. It's got some extra extra powers, but hey, you know, they get big and they can get a taste for... Dude, part two is like straight up serial killer movie. That shark oh, yeah. is like after folks. That's the Michael Myers of the world. <laughs> it's, it's, right. it, it's brutal. Right. It's awesome. So, the body count's just amazing love whenever she saves Sean she pushes him up on the boat and then all you see is like the fin like the top of the shark and just she goes blah <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good that's pretty good alright now this date in 1970 happy birthday to Warwick Davis wow you delicious bastard <laughs> so much so much for Warwick Davis yes alright let's see on this date in 1989, we lost John Cassavetes from Rosemary's Baby. 
Um, and we lost in 2006, Al Lewis, who played Grandpa in The Munsters. Yeah. Who made a career as a horror host. Right. Yeah. Like, afterwards. Afterwards. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody really, because, I mean, he was kind of just hanging on to that character, but then after he passed away, you're like, Elvira's the only one left. Of that old original. Of the original ones, yeah. Sven Gulli. Right, right. Is Sven Gulli still doing anything? Yeah, but, he's still on. But, yeah. His son is Sven Gulli now. Well, Sven Gulli, he's, he's, he's not the original. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. Right, right, original. right. It's a Dread Pirate Roberts, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, and in movies, 1995, In the Mouth of Madness. Beautiful. Such a great film. One of the best, dude. Uh, so, so underrated in my uh, opinion, man. That Sam Neill. Sam Neill, yeah. Jesus it's Christ. It's just a kick-ass movie. Dude, I was reading a lot of uh, Lovecraft back then, too. Like, I went through this whole Lovecraft, I think, shit, I probably read it all. But I read a shitload of Lovecraft. I had no idea that that was a Lovecraft movie, like, other than, the, like, Right. I knew the title. I was like, "In the Mouth of Madness." Like, his his books, "In the Mountains of Madness." Like, it's not in the movies. And then to see all of the just weird, Lovecrafty right, right. tentacles everywhere. And, yeah, that that like, melding of Stephen King and and Lovecraft. You know, what's funny is for me that made Lovecraft better. Mm-hmm. I was always kind of half bored by Lovecraft. I I loved aspects of it. There was a lot of downtime with Lovecraft where it was just kind of, I'm walking gently through yeah. this field. Does madness <clears throat> present itself to me? He's like, shut up, dude. Mm-hmm. Where's the giant creature made of people? Because <laughs> yeah. I need to go into play. <laughs> I was just like this frog people, like those weird British Isles sort of gray. Yeah, yeah. No, he had great, great creature yeah. description. For me, there was just a lot of downtime there just was. imagining malevolence and this is come on man let's indescribable yeah well, that's what a writer let's, does let's use words baby you, let's use words <laughs> <laughs> but that was old business we're gonna take a break we'll be right back david are you here can you hear me it began at a party it was only a game. David, will you return to the living one day? Bullshit. Careful, Jim, you're upsetting David. David, are you all right? Yeah, he's all right. He's just a little dead, that's all. Shut up, Jim! What's he gonna do, haunt me? Hello, Linda, this is Brandon. I just realized I left my Ouija there the other night. I'm having some friends over Sunday and they want to use it. Besides, I want to contact David and see if he's calmed down yet. David, are you here? Are you still angry at Jim? David, where are you? Man, don't tell me you bought that crap with Brandon and Edward. Oh, please. Poor David, you should know how to hold a grudge, don't you? David? I want to bring a medium by your apartment as soon as possible to exercise the spirit. Okay, let's talk to some ghosts. David, where are you? You! Did you cause that accident at the site? David, don't lie to me. When someone uses a Ouija alone, like Linda, She's very susceptible to the spirits she contacts. And the wrong spirit will take advantage of this. Pretty soon, all she wants to do is use the board. And once that's done, he's able to possess her. 
contact. Linda, unlock the door. David is here, and he's playing for real. It isn't a game anymore. Witchboard. Don't play it alone. All right, it's time. New business is new business, and this is new business. Okay, we'll start with, of course, an R.I.P. to the very talented and hysterical Cloris Leachman. <coughs> oh, God. Who uh, passed away at the age of 94. She lived 94 years, man. She lived a good life. Oh. And, uh, of course, horror fans know her best from Young Frankenstein. Frau, Franz, Frau Franz Blucher. <laughs> I can't do the horse. <laughs> for somebody else to do that. I'll be the winning. Uh, one of my favorite performances of hers, and the Broken Lizard guys have been talking yes. about it for the past two days. Is Gam Gam from Yes, the whore. The whore. The Zamaka's a, so a whore. It was just she was just so amazing in that role. It's so funny, dude. Just it, her ability to do comedic acting is dude. She was awesome. in. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched it. Uh, it was Raising Hope. That sitcom, um, it was the one that came after My Name is Earl by the same by the same mm -hmm. guy. But Raising Hope was um, what it was about was there's this kid had a one night stand with this girl who turned out to be a serial killer and she ended up having a baby and then getting executed. And so he's the father of this baby but never really knew the mother. It's a family show. It's a family show. <laughs> and it's but she was the grandma. And it started off and she's got Alzheimer's. And so, like, she just says the most random crap through, uh, <laughs> through the show. But she, like, chain smokes and chain smokes and chain smokes. And, like, like she's just nasty and, like, says off-color shit. It's so hilarious. And then at one point, she has a moment of clarity. And she's got a cigarette in her hand. She tells, she's like, tells her, like, you let me smoke? She's like, you've been smoking forever. She's like, I quit 30 years ago. Don't let me smoke. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's like, I won't know the difference anyway. It's <laughs> <laughs> very good. But yeah, it's been great seeing all the dedications to her and uh, people giving their stories. Mel Brooks did a little write-up on her. Uh, just it's or died of natural causes at her home at the age of 94 with her kids by her side. It, uh, hats off to one of the best. Definitely. Oh, yeah. All right, moving on to other news. Uh the Army is currently working on what they consider Franken-bots. They're actually designing cyborgs with living tissue. Uh, and what they're trying to do is, I mean, we've seen all the robotic dogs that mm -hmm. they're coming out from, uh, was, is it Boston Technologies that are coming mm -hmm. out with that one? What they're thinking they can do is by incorporating human tissue in the joints, they'll actually get better movement from the robots to where they'll be more agile. <laughs> that, there's no logic in that. I mean, come on, dude. Uh, the thought of living tissue and machinery meshed together brings up images of grotesque cyborgs, of course. Uh, Skylink. <laughs> Red Army Research Laboratory, they are working on robots with uh, organic muscles. Uh, so they can blow them out. They want to fuse living tissue with cold metal to build robots that may be able to gain the agility and versatility of living creatures. That, that is the end goal of this. Uh, Biohybrid robotics as a field is very young. Today's robots' uh, primary limitation is power, strength, and versatility. 
They can perform limited tasks for a certain amount of time, but it's not really on the order of magnitude that a human can do the same thing. So yeah, so that's a. I don't it's slowly, slowly building us up to our robot takeover. I've I've no history in any form of science that would allow me to offer any real insight. I'm fairly certain that that person is retarded. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying this, so, that that makes no. We, we, why aren't we just pushing carts instead of driving cars? People so are obviously ever, strong. I don't know if you ever saw it, but uh, there was actually a uh, a mashup, like a master cut. But Joe Rogan had Alex Jones on his show talking Mm -hmm. about things one time and he had Elon Musk on his show talking about things one time and when both men got to the subject of artificial intelligence they both said the same thing Alex Jones said it a little bit more metaphysically and Elon Musk said it a little bit more technically but they literally said the same thing and they they super cut it together to where they were almost like like uh Alex would say something, and then Elon would back him up. Right. So, but, but essentially, what they're saying is that with artificial intelligence and social media, and 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 da- big data collection the way it's been, is that we are feeding the machine, right. whatever the machine may be. We are feeding the machine us. We're feeding it the best of us. We're feeding it the worst of us, and everything in between. And at some certain point, there will come a time when it switches on and it will, it will have a judgment. It will decide whether the good outweighs the bad or vice versa. And both of them were talking about it in a sort of religious sort of context in that, like, there may not be an actual God right now, but there's one kind of in the womb that is on its way right when it comes to that whole omniscient being that just it just knows all and has access to all sure (laughs) frightening shit and then they're like okay we're just gonna we're just gonna implant you know we're just gonna make the robots as super capable as we possibly can we got was uh I should have brought this for new business, but I was reading this morning about uh, the new Mars rover is supposed to be landing next week, if I'm not mistaken. Next week from the day of this episode coming out. And uh, it has been equipped with a higher uh, intelligence AI to where it'll be able to learn better while it's going around you know, the, the planet. And I was actually thinking, wouldn't it be just so horror, sci-fi horror-esque if, at, you know how we can... Uh, They'll show where they, they feed a computer with AI. You know, they make him watch sure. a whole bunch of a certain movie. Then all of a sudden, he becomes a psychopath. You know, the Martians are underground, and they grab this AI, and they teach it, you know, to hate us. <laughs> and then we send it. It's sent back to Earth to just go ahead and destroy everyone. <laughs> they've already got, what, the one they saying it itself? They just turn it into, like, an ultimate Megatron transformer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where it's, like a, it's like a little dune buggy, and then it just, like... And then we'll be outside. We made you as it guns us down in the front yard. Okay. Next up, we got another Will Greenlee. Okay, so Will Greenlee, as you might remember, Boom, is the uh, reporter from the T.C. Palm down in Florida who likes to uh, pleasure us with uh, uh, knowledge of things that we pretty much already know about, but he he talks to us like we're kindergarten. He's a caring man. He's a nurturer is what he is. Okay, so today's Will Greenlee, the headline reads... 
Man jailed after snoring loudly at McDonald's. That son of a bitch. Okay. I hope we get a thing on sleep apnea. Indian River County. A 28-year-old man was arrested after snoring loudly and apparently sleeping behind the wheel in a McDonald's drive-thru. The case of the dozing dude began at 3.47 a.m. when an Indian River County Sheriff's deputy went to McDonald's on a report of a suspicious vehicle. The deputy spied a man in a Ford pickup truck in the outside McDonald's drive-thru lane snoring loudly. Now, we're about to get Greenlee, so I'll give you a multiple-choice question. Okay, here we go. Do you think Greenlee's going to go into the history of the Ford Automotive Company? Mm -hmm. Will he go into the history of McDonald's and explain to us their menu? Mm -hmm. Or will he go ahead and explain to us what snoring is? So... The snoring one sounds like it would make the most sense, but I don't know. I think I want to gamble. I'm going to go with... I'm just going to go off the rails. I'll go door number one. I'm going to go with Ford. You should have went with your initial Oh, I was thinking too logically. Snoring is a horse, <laughs> a horse and harsh sound that occurs when air flows past relaxed tissues of your throat, causing the tissues to vibrate as you breathe, according to the Mayo Clinic website. Snoring can be caused by a number of factors such as the anatomy of your mouth, sinuses, alcohol consumption, allergies, a cold, or your weight. The man seemed to be sleeping in the drive-thru as opposed to sleeping with the enemy, a 1991 movie star. Oh, we're going to double. Oh my God, two for one. McDonald's, by the way, does not have a sleep-through lane. Aww, Meanwhile, the man woke to. and the deputy asked for his license. He didn't have one. Truck smelled of booze, at of which point he was arrested for DUI and driving with a suspended license. Uh, he told investigators he only had 68 beers at a bonfire. Six or eight. 68. Six or eight. <laughs> at a bonfire. Probably. It also had rum runners, a cocktail <laughs> involving rum. In case you didn't know a rum runner had rum in it, Will Greenlee wanted to let you know it does have rum in it. And that's our... T.C. Paul and Will Greenlee of the day. Man is just just a just a walking <laughs> encyclopedia. I love just the random information he throws in there, educating me, elevating me above my status <laughs> at all points. Thank you, sir. See, the thing is, sometimes you think, man, you, nobody needs to go to that level of detail. But Scott reminded me when he mentioned the the rum runner is a rum drink. I started working at the Stagset Pub. We had a bartender who got wasted and fired and I was the bar back and it was a Saturday night and I, so I got Battlefield promoted you get behind the bar that's right like okay like you know how to make anything I was like I can pull beer and I can make the and drinks like rum and coke and shit yeah, like that yeah yeah I ordered a Roman coke Roman coke right <laughs> like, okay so I grabbed the bottle and started making a Roman coke no, 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 no. That's not what that is. Okay, well, then what's in it? I don't know, but I know it's not that. <laughs> hey, boss, what's a rum and coke? It's like, duh, rum and coke. Like, just, just adamant. Then I, like, later on, I looked it up. It's not a thing. But they had heard it's a thing. But they just wanted to sound cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you know that there was, there is no sex in the sex on the beach? <laughs> you would prefer it had some, but it does not. If you expect it to be, you would be greatly disappointed. Sorely, sorely disappointed. <laughs> I was. It's tasty. Didn't do the job I wanted. <laughs> and with that, we'll be right back.
out into this wilderness to find. Leaving our country, kindred, our father's houses. For what? For the kingdom of God. Let us pray. this family. going to go ahead and continue our series of uh, events that have occurred in history <clears throat> that are reminiscent of the uh, uh, satanic panic back in the 80s, except at this time, when these other events occurred, we didn't have separation of church and state. The church pretty much ran everything, so whatever they believed, you believed. <laughs> and we're going to talk about the Salem witch trials today, a dark part of American history. So beginning in February of 1692 and going, going until May of 1693, so more than a year, uh, more than 2,000 people were, or 200, 200 plus, more than 200 people were accused and 30 found guilty with 19 executed. That was 14 women and five men. Um, one guy was uh, killed for refusing to plead and uh, five died in jail while they were waiting for their trials. Now, of course, the Salem witch trials are pretty much a carryover from the old country. Uh, you know, people had been accused of being witches and tortured into confessions or just straight up executed for years. And this is where just that craziness came over to the United States finally. Well, we talked about the Spanish Inquisition last week that... Um, that's like the Super Bowl of religious persecution right there. You know, it is, except for it's not. We yeah. were very surprised to learn that it was actually pretty progressive compared to other Inquisitions 
Okay. Of, of, when you look at the time span that went through and the actual number of people that were executed versus the number of people that uh, were that accused. were accused, it was only two point seven percent of everybody accused that ended up being executed. And what my theory was with that is, it got to the point where people started hearing that if you don't confess, they're going to kill you anyway. That they were just like, okay, fine. It was me. So the number of executions probably started going down. All of a right, 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 right. Well, two, what. I guess what pop culture and history has us knowing is we think of the Spanish Inquisition kind of like the Salem Witch <clears throat> Trials, where it's, it was a cultural phenomenon that just kind of sparked up and then was encased in a bunch of violence and then it came down. What the actual Inquisition was was, was more or less more commercial court system. Right. And it lasted for 300 years. It was just, right. it was a, it was kind of like the Inquisition is kind of like saying it was a Supreme Court. Like it was not a phenomenon; it was an actual government right, right, office. Right. That's why I would refer to it as like as the Super Bowl. There may right. it may not. It's kind of like how people people equate you know, Hitler's the greatest evil of the you know the twentieth century. His numbers didn't come close to Stalin right. or Mao, mm-hmm. who made him look like an infant. I mean, these people killed like upwards of you know several dozens and dozens of millions of people. Drove entire communities into cannibalism. Yeah, but you still refer to one. It's like you look at everyone and it's like, well, no, but That's that guy, well, that like, guy is the bad it, one. It's one of the more famous because it was one of the longest lasting and farthest reaching. Right. Because previous like other inquisitions pretty much stayed within their own borders. Whereas the Spanish went to all their colonies. Right, so was right, right, and, right. And another thing we talked about is the, the previous Inquisitions were pretty much only the church. The Spanish Inquisition involved the government taking it over. Right, right, right. They, they well, had, they saw they, they saw the hand. potential of what yeah. they could do using that as well, an instrument. Well, they didn't feel as though the papal was enough. They right. were like, we want to go ahead and step this up a little bit. Right. Yeah. So, whereas the, you know, the Salem Witch Trials... Now, we've had a couple discussions, a lot of them actually, in different different situations, you know, the witch trials come up from time to time. And I I will often play a bit of devil's advocate because we are living in a whole, in a time of enlightenment. Maybe we're we're trying to turn back to some dark times, but literally people lived in darkness. You know, I mean, right. If you were in New England in the 1600s, you know, a quarter of your year it's dark anyway. Like, you've got short days, you've got long winters, it's cold, it's dreary, it's gray. Um, and, you you know, you're, you're living in a new country where it's, like, just kind of right on the other side of those trees. You don't... There's nothing until California. Right. You know, there's hostile, uh, you know, natives... What You know, whatever pissed them off, irrelevant. They're there and they're pissed. You can you can debate it 200 years later. But, right, right, But right. back then, you just... There was always something. There's bears and there's snakes and there's all kinds of crap. And I, I heard it best on the uh, podcast Lore, where he was talking about Salem witch trials and sort of, sort of like this, is that superstition or no, like you looked for causes and effects. And in now, like if, if weevils get into a bag of flour, we go down and buy another bag of flour. If back then weevils get in your bag of flour, you die. Right. So if there is a root cause that you can kind of try to wiggle out and you've got somebody over there casting spells or you think they're casting spells and they're bringing act, you bad acting luck. weird, yeah. then it's not a far as it's not it's <clears throat> not as heinous an idea as it is to us now that the old lady down the street might not have your best interest at heart. You're going to like go ahead and root that out cuz better right. her than me. Right. Or the fact that like 
like other other major evil issues or the Spanish Inquisition. At some point, there's also people capitalizing on the negative atmosphere to gain whatever footing in a market, more more space for their farms, to push aside an enemy. People are going to take advantage of those situations, and they'll they'll pretend to link up with whoever happens to be running whatever thing because one, they don't want to be on the bad side of the big guy, and two. It rids them of an issue. Exactly. The thing about the Salem Witch Trials, which was so bizarre, is it wasn't somebody marching into town like a Pied Piper being like, hey, let me rid you of all your witches. It was literally spontaneously combusted by a whole bunch of little girls who started acting possessed. Right. That's what's weird about it. That's what, like, because I, I went to different sources and sometimes they're like, okay, well, it was, it was political. No, it became political. Right. It was this. It was old this. It, no, like, even if they're just bored, you know, you don't have just kind of like random little girls start flipping out in church in a Puritan society and, and start cacking up, you know, bile right. and being all like, ah, and, and have everybody be like, what the hell's going on? And they're like, she's a witch! Like, just cut from, from whole cloth. Like, that's, that's what's weird about Salem versus other witch trials in the past is, you know, maybe you did have somebody that was a weirdo that sure. was actually causing trouble and they're like, hmm, we have cause to look at you strangely. Whereas this, they're like, okay, why are the girls acting weird? Sure. Like, why are the girls messed up? And they're like, I have been cursed by her. <laughs> and they're like, right. oh, sh and her. <laughs> right, like, right. Oh. And, and it becomes that thing where at some point, you know, there's there's probably a dozen different psychological manifestations involved in the entire scenario. One kid wanted more attention and sometimes people would do terrible things for attention. And then their friends <clears throat> felt pressured to follow along with the one. And then people don't want to leave the group. And then once they realize it's going wrong, some people don't want to pull back because then they have to admit that they were wrong in the first place. So they're like, fuck it, stay the course. <laughs> yeah. We're going to ride this pony all the way off the cliff. And it just, it just steamrolls. The only good thing that I can think of that came from like the Salem witch trials is that it didn't go near as far as it could have. Yeah. It could have gone so insanely far off the rails, you could have ended up with some really, really terrible things. Well, you could have had a huge purge of society sure. with anybody that Sure, that whole town could have been turned into some <clears throat> crazy Puritan camp, some yeah. weird extremist event where all the people that weren't a part of some inner sect were either enslaved or murdered, and it could have gone real hard, yeah. real fast. It's crazy, man. So, yeah, like before the Salem Witch Trials, they were saying some of the reasons why there was kind of a tinderbox is because the Puritans had a hard time. Um, the concept of separation of church and state, like they, they had our time, so they left England, they went to Netherlands, and the ne Netherlands basically paid them to leave. They're like, hey, you just get out of here right. um, and the Netherlands was a bastion of tolerance and religious freedom like even even back then I mean yeah you couldn't probably do some of the stuff you get away with in modern right. society but for the time but, but for the time they're extremely progressive and they're like whoa you guys like we're kind of here to let people who don't want to worship God do kind of their own thing but you guys want everybody to kind of conform to your way of being so they shipped them over so they were ha they had a hard time establishing um, you know 
governments because there was kind of a theocracy and they were very cloistered. So they didn't like people from the outside. They didn't like people that were not of their own faith or had never been of their like the, right, it was right. very and so um, they had a hard time. They went through like three or four different attempts to try to get uh, a parsonage put together, you know. And they had a one guy who was named George Burroughs who um, he was hired, he quit, and then like three years later he was accused of being a witch and hung. He was... <laughs> dude, at that point, like, they at got that it. point the writing's on the wall, dude. You leave town. The guy, yeah. I hear that somewhere not here is really great this time of year. I'm going to leave. Yeah. Thanks for everything, guys. I know you guys hate hate windmills. Maybe that's why they were kicked out. Of the <laughs> They're like anti-windmill. I don't recall ever seeing pictures in the crucible of windmills. <laughs> what you got, bro? Well, just uh, I was got a few little uh, just additional facts about the Salem Witch Trial. Just things that people don't talk about very often. Uh, in 1692, the hysteria got hysteria got so great. Uh, people in Salem area were looking to purge anything that was remotely associated as to witches or witchcraft. Even two dogs were given the, the death penalty as they were uh, believed to be working with local witches. They probably were. <laughs> I would, yeah. I okay. mean, I feel bad for the dogs. It should have been cats. I don't know how they felt Well, about going cats. along with that, oh, oh. Uh, it was considered in bad form to be a familiar. Now, a familiar right. would be a spirit that kind of hung around the witches and everything, gave them protection and stuff, and would sometimes go into the, the body of, uh, of people or animals. And along with those two dogs, they killed frogs, mice, geese, cats, uh, with the end goal to purge the evil spirit in the area. If a spirit is independent of physical form, however, they would kill a physical body to harm a spiritual be- uh, being. It is just the weirdest thing. They they were just purging everything. I like I like that they they weren't terribly selective. That they would give everything its fair due. It's like that little <laughs> parakeet son of a bitch has got to go. You know, they didn't just pick on one animal. They're like anything that walks, crawls, talks, barks, tweets. That sucker's got to go. Done. Done with <laughs> they were very, very integrated people. <laughs> okay, uh, the Puritans were also kind of uh, lumped in in a certain way. The Puritans were originally brought to, uh, into the Salem Witch Trials because of their reputation for practicing purity, which is the oddest thing. Uh, the group was especially opposed to anything that was not modest, proper, or traditional of their faith. Uh, Forget about premarital sex showing ankle nothing. If you even thought about such things, you were not following the simplicity and austerity that was demanded of you as a Puritan. So, because they were different, and they felt as though they they felt as though they were hiding their actual desires to try to hide their witchcraft. Puritans got caught up in it, and they were also accused and uh, and done away with. I guess you could say. Uh, and even though they only executed what they executed. They ended, up, they ended up executing 19 <clears throat> people, but the problem was that, like, just like you said with the Spanish Inquisition, it's like the the one guy who was accused of witchcraft, they stacked stones on him till he died because he wouldn't he wouldn't confess. confess. Yeah. So right. if you if you confessed, mm-hmm. then then you got uh, executed. If you didn't confess, then you got jailed and tortured. So it was kind of like a no win situation. <clears throat> um. And that was that was kind of the thing, like again trying to play at least devil's advocate is like you know it's like you have you have your books. It's like it's like with the stupid bullshit now with the virus. Like they're like oh 
you know, if one mask works and we're at this percentage, two masks should be... Like, dude, they're throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> Back then, like, oh, well, you know, it's like we're surrounded by devils all the time. They've obviously made themselves known. You know, this person's always been acting weird. This one has a strange birthmark. This one's got red hair. Like, dude, those conversations had to. Have, I mean, if you listen to them today, it would probably sound insane. But back then, to some people in that area, it would make sense. And walk up like, "Hey, Judy, how's it going? Did you hear about Tom? He's got the devil's mark on his neck. Like that son of a bitch. <laughs> somebody go and tell somebody." <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's just like the same thing in like like Monty Python, where it's like she's a witch, you know. It's so like, good. It's like how did you see like how did you see him without his collar? Right. It's like oh, you're a witch. You're a witch, <laughs> dude. And it becomes it becomes this de facto get out of jail free card. It's you know you go to the store. It's like hey, did you pay for that? You're a witch. Somebody get this motherfucker. And then they get to take their their whatever snacks. I can't think of what they were eating in ancient Salem, Massachusetts. But it had to at some point. You know, people were just using this well, it's to like get away with it. Chowder. It's a chowder. You fuck. It's like we were talking about the uh, Inquisition. That was happening with the Inquisition. <laughs> Go to the bar. There was actually one uh, in, in, inquisitor at one of the provinces. They they finally ran his ass out of town. But basically, if he saw a woman he wanted to hook up with. Her husband or her family, they were heretics. We need to go ahead and kill Boom, them. Boom, yeah. And, and, that's, and he was using that to his advantage. It's people taking advantage of that. Every- you mentioned the uh, the current pandemic. Uh, another big problem with the Salem Witch Trials just leading up to that time, which made people go nuts, was uh, there was a smallpox outbreak about a year before the witch trials. Uh, up to three in ten people would die from the smallpox, especially uh, children. They were especially vulnerable during this time. Uh, so people at the time didn't understand the science behind the disease, so naturally they started thinking, you know, we're starting to get witches. Hey, we had a bunch of kids die recently. It was those damn witches. <laughs> so they started, that just helped. Yeah, yeah, the, they the, the, the correlation equals causation thing, <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, that's a, it was, movies have kind of embellished it as far as what it actually was. When you think of the Salem Witch Trials, you're imagining it didn't, just to bring up another dark time in my history, uh, incidents that I knew of during uh, sh- during segregation, shortly after the freedom of slaves, uh, you'd have a town, and this I, I lived in a town where an incident like this happened. Uh, somebody would accuse a black man of raping a woman or something, and next thing you know, they would go in one night and kill fifty black people mm-hmm. that were in the town just to wipe them all out. You kind of imagine that with the Salem Witch Trials, but it actually wasn't to that degree. Well, I was going to say too, and I think, I think again, playing playing devil's advocate, I'm not I'm not uh, defending the actions or anything, but I do think that pop <clears throat> culture and a look at history kind of gives us a. You know, we, we, we can look back and see, like, oh, well, it wasn't witches. Well, except for the fact that maybe it could be. I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Red Rob Zombie's... Uh, the Witches of Salem? The, yeah, uh, Lords of Salem. Lords yeah. of Salem, yeah. But, that being said, like, I don't think that... there. I think there was very few people, especially in the Salem, but these people took themselves very seriously. Mm-hmm. And they had traveled continents and across deadly seas and fought disease and stuff to try to set up a society. I don't think that anybody was sitting there like Mr. Burns and being like, okay, let's purge the witches. I think they were actually legitimately scared and they were trying to 
root out because again they didn't believe in God as a sort of strange concept right I mean God was it was absolute it was absolute right. and angels and demons and 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 all of this was 100 percent of right. their existence right, right. And we didn't have science back then like, right. you know, well, it's like the, it's, well even if they did have like they had science to it to an extent, but it's kind of one of those things, like, like for example, it's like, why are all of these Catholic saints brewers, right? Why, why is it that, that the brewers all got sainted? Well, it's because they traveled to these villages where the river water was so nasty that people would just die from drinking water. And in order to make beer, even before it was scientifically discovered, they de facto pasteurized the water. Right. They boiled the water to make the beer. So then the water was pure, so it was safer to drink beer than water, and people stopped dying if they just drink the beer. Because so they just got drunk. So, well, yeah, but they could clearly, right. they, they could, they could uh, survive, they could right. live, live right, drunk right, or, right. or die of dysentery. It's it's like that. It's and like so, that. so people took it very very seriously. It wasn't just people who were like, oh hey, the 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 beer guy's here. Like that's that's a right. modern take on things. Looking through a strange puritanical lens that we have, like because we're still we're still affected by the Puritans whether we want to be or not, like they were pretty much the basis of our culture. You know, it's like and Christianity certainly, like whether you believe in Christianity as a as a religion, as a culture, as any of that stuff, it does not matter. You you're technically a Christian. Because you're not a Muslim, you're not a Jew, and you're not a Hindu, and you're, you know, like, you fall under this umbrella. You you fall under this umbrella, and it affects the culture, it affects our laws, it affects so many things that make you know like your fundamental beliefs. Even if they're not your fundamental beliefs, your fundamental antagonistic beliefs are based in Christianity, right? They took themselves very seriously. There was not a whole lot of people cackling around, dancing around fires, being like, let's burn witches, yay. I think it was a very somber shit, and I think whenever they figured out they had an infestation, they were not happy about it. And, and it, like, let's go ahead and, like you said, just we'll have to ride this pony off the cliff. Nobody wants to ride the pony off the cliff, but if that's how you're going to... Right, it was, it was either that... stampede away from your children. Right. Then you ride that pony off the cliff, you die, the stampede falls, your children right. are safe. I mean, right. there's, a, there's also the other, that other side of it where, I mean, people will realize they're doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. But people are more afraid of being seen as incorrect or inept than they are at being seen as doing something bad. Yeah. You know, there's, there's that whole thing where people will easily, ex- well, they will more easily accept somebody who is rich in economic wealth, somebody like billionaires. They will accept them faster than they will accept somebody who trounces them in intellectualism. I mean, they nobody likes smarter than you. Yeah. They'd rather be seen as bad than dumb. So at some point, they've committed. It's like, now we're here. We know what we're doing is not right. But if we say that out loud, we admit that our values are wrong. And we don't want our values to be devalued. We have to enforce them. So we got to keep going. Yep. We got to play this out. And this is one of the reasons why, like I said at the beginning, if you look at the satanic panic, if we wouldn't have the government in place that we do, and we're in the times of the Salem Witch Trials, the same thinking, could you imagine you know, being forced by the government into an exorcism because you're jamming out to... I think, though, the satanic panic, because I've done a lot of study on it, I'm writing a novel on it right now. I've actually done quite a bit of research on this. The ironic thing about the satanic panic is... While, yes, there were, you know, 
<clears throat> between heavy metal and toys, and there were certainly concerns, and it did kind of turn into sort of uh, devil mania. Um, there were legit concerns, right? Like, pe- people committed suicide, and right. they were listening to Judas Priest while they did it. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't take the. It doesn't take Batman to sit there and be like, "Hmm, maybe that's a clue." Right, <laughs> like right. try to dig into journals and look into lyrics and kind of see if maybe there's some sort of influence. You know, um, I, you know, I noticed this. You're like I told you about that White Zombie uh, or Rob Zombie Marilyn Manson show. I had this observation that you could tell the difference between the zombie fans and the Manson fans, and that the Manson fans still had like Manson-esque look to them in their forties. The zombie fans not so much, and it's because what Manson was selling was a lifestyle, whereas Zombie was selling entertainment. entertainment. Right. And the people who bought Manson's message, hook, line, and sinker, kind of didn't progress in life. And those who didn't take it seriously, you know, went ahead and had a great old time. There was a, There is a danger in nihilism. You know, now, you... Scale back 80s heavy metal with some exceptions of things like Wasp and some Motley Crue stuff. Uh, you know, there's mostly love songs and and, and hairspray. It's, mo- it's mostly. Um, yeah, that glam metal was all picking up chips. But I mean, you, I don't know if you ever listened to like Venom or <coughs> right. that black stuff, you know, yeah. Saint Slayer coming out of California. All yeah. day. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, there's some some dark themes. Dark things, yeah. yeah, certainly things to be concerned about. It wasn't necessarily a mania. What's what's ironic to me is a satanic panic ended with literally satanic kidnapping, suicide, or, or murder in uh, in Mexico. So like right in 1989, the, the Spring Breaker, his name was Mark Kilroy. He was in uh, 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 South Padre on Spring Break. He got kidnapped by a Santeria satanic cult. He was bludgeoned to death. They took his skull and spine out. They sacrificed him to whatever god that they were worshipping in Matamoros. So just on the other side of the border. Um, and uh, then when they... So they... Obviously the U.S. was investigating the kidnapping. The Federales went down there. They cornered the people. The, the, the priestess lady killed herself like in the hotel, and the other guy got in a shootout with cops, but it was a straight-up, legit, satanic cult that was kidnapping children and sacrificing them. They just grabbed an American on accident and got right. eyes right. on them. Right. And then the satanic panic went away. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was like, oh, we, like, we, we've, been, we've been poking around the edges with these He-Man guys. Right, right, right. It's actually over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. We were. My wife and I watched that the the documentary on on the Night Stalker on Ramirez, and I did it. I'd done it summer on serial killers when I was in college, and we sat down and watched it. And you know, they they start talking about whenever at some point he started using some satanic imagery, referring to himself as the devil or as a Satan worshiper and things like that. And I asked, do you ever think that at some point, like when this stuff hit the news, you know, the people that like the people that worship Satan, you know, the first church of Satan kind of people where they're like, look, we don't kill anybody. Yeah. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't advocate for child abuse or any of this shit. Do you think at some point they were watching the news going, dude, do we need to make a statement? Like, that's not us. We don't do that. We're not that guy. That's, that's crazy. We're over here. Like 
we want our own freedom from you. We don't want to, we just want to maybe raise the hairs on the back of your neck. We want to push that envelope a little bit. We're not doing anything bad. Mm. They're doing it now. With social media, they're doing it now. Right, yeah, but you think at some point they yeah. stop, like the, the first, re, the, you know, people in, in that time frame stop and go, fuck, man. They're going to they're gonna, they're they're gonna link, us, they're gonna link <laughs> us up with this guy over here, this Night Stalker dude <laughs> who's killing people up and down the California coast. I, I think any time that you, and I don't have, I don't care about Church of Satan and if anybody was like, hey, I go to Church of Satan, I'd be like, sure, whatever, dude. I think any time that you take an icon of that magnitude and be like, this is who I identify with, then you kind of deserve any sort of uh, nose looking down at that you get. <laughs> People are like, oh. It's one of those, it's, it's like, look, <clears throat> you're a vegan. That's fine. You don't want to eat meat, whatever. I don't care. The moment you look at me when we meet, like, hey, how's it going? I'm boom. Like, oh, I'm Susie. I'm a vegan. Now I'm going to fuck with you. All right. <laughs> I wasn't going to fuck with you when you only ordered the salad. I don't when care. You, when you only drank water, I'm noticing you're not eating meat for a few days. I'm not going to say a word. The moment you start be like, oh, I'm a vegan. I believe in veganism. I'm a... The thing, nope, the thing, now that, you're the thing that drives break. me nuts, and again, you know, this is one podcast. If somebody will listen to this and be like, man, you're an asshole. I'm like, I'm not. I think it's funny to me when... Uh, or it's annoying to me. People are like, oh, I hate vegans. You don't hate vegans. You know vegans. Maybe you don't know. People who define themselves by shit they don't do, and that's their that's their personality. It's a holier-than-thou attitude. It's like, I'm an atheist. Oh, really? Well, so is most people. Doesn't Is that what defines you? Because we don't have much to talk about. Because I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a vegan. Okay, so you don't eat certain kinds of food. Good for you. Thanks, well, thanks we're for, not eating lunch. Thanks like, for thanks for playing. <laughs> thanks for playing. I, mean, I don't introduce myself as like a lapsed Irish Catholic. I mean, I'm on and all that, but but it's it's if someone asks, I'm like, sure, it's that's what I have. I mean, my belief kind of wavers one one day, the next, one right. way or another. But I don't. It's not a part of my my intro. Right. Ah, <sighs> uh, yeah. Was it? Uh, damn, fine to meet you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that was uh, Animal House. Animal House. I'm, I'm Eric Forbes, yeah. Rush Chairman. Damn glad to meet you. <laughs> nice time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, I I don't have I don't have issues with with anybody's whatever as long as it's not trying to poke its way into my world. You that's, try to poke your way in, and that's and in a way that's that's a lot what this was about. They were a closed off society, and they were they were following their their obviously lapsed leadership. I mean, they were running through issues, finding somebody to lead them in the right direction. Yeah. Maybe at some point, they just picked this last person and they're like, all right, this is what we're going to do. They we're going had, with They this. didn't still have somebody like in charge. That's why they went outside and that outside person was like, hey, right. this is, oh, you need help <clears throat> finding witches to call an exterminator. It's like, like, all right, I'll show you where it is. Yeah. Right, right, right. It kind of reminds me of the, the supermarket scene from The Mist. <laughs> How you had the religious fanatic, yeah. the zealot, and the vast majority were nowhere near her side. But when things got shitty and they found no other way out, it's like that saying, there's no atheists in foxholes. It doesn't denote that atheists don't join the military. It says when the shit rains from above, you look every, everybody wants to live. Yeah, everybody and starts praying. If you have to pray to something you don't necessarily believe in to possibly get out of this alive, you're going to pray. You're going to cross yourself. How do I do that again? Do I get on one knee, both knees? Yeah, right. Do I, is it north, south, west, east? How do I... Whatever it takes to get out. 
And that's what some people are going to look for. Even though it may be wrong. They're like, I need to live. I want my kids to live. I want my nobody to kill my parakeet. Killed my last one. So they're going to try to find that way to get out of it. This motherfucker came from Australia. You're not killing this parakeet. <laughs> right? You like parakeets? Burn them. Burn them. Stack the rocks. Or the rocks. All right. How did it end, bro? Finally, the Salem Witch Trials probably would have never ended until the governor came down. Governor Phipps and said, uh... What look. the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> he basically came down and said, look, chances are y'all are killing some people that actually haven't done a damn thing. So this ends today. And that's when he went and just shut it all down. And that was it. Sometimes you need dad to come down and, and beat that ass to, to let you know that you need to clean your room. And oh. what's funny is, <clears throat> out of all the trials, every woman that confessed was jailed. Every woman who denied was hung. So basically, you had no way out other right. than confessing. Right. You know, there was no trial. Right. Once you were accused, that was it. You right. either confessed or you died. And you know, the few people that did die, they were probably just so vehement and stern in their beliefs. They refused to, because they, they knew that they weren't. And they ended up being killed. Pride cometh before a fall. Huh? <laughs> and while reading about that too, it was, <clears throat> the Puritan view was not that... That women were, uh, it was a strange view, but even now there's strange views. It says that men and women were equal in the eyes of the Lord, but not equal in the eyes of the devil. And that they, the devils saw women as favorable targets because they were more easily swayed. Yeah, they were simple-minded. They were, it was, yeah, the susceptibility <laughs> goes back to Genesis, yeah. where how Eve was was able to, to join in a verbal congress with the devil over the fruit of the sacred tree of life. And, yeah. Right. So that was, uh, that just ran right straight through their culture, and still kind of has its ripples still today. But that was Salem Witch Trials. Yes. Join us next week when we're going to talk about something completely different. <laughs> Hopefully the parakeets make it out alive. <laughs> All right, man. Hit us up on the Facebook. Hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on the website. And uh, we'll see you next week. Later. Have fun. <laughs>